Welcome to episode 0.5 of the Bryce Cast. Uh, join me here, of course, the wonderful tactical Rab. Um, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's um, it's been a while, it has. and it's been a been a crazy couple of months in the COD scene for everything else. Um, the channel's been doing really well lately, which is oh, I've good. Seen. I've seen. Helped, of course, by what has been happening, which um, it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I always think, hmm, should I save this topic for another day and make sure I have an upload? Or should I just make a double upload? And uh, usually the latter is the way to go because there's always something new. Every day I wake up and Cronut CDL Intel, he's banging out tweets. People are flaming each other. I think the quarantine's getting to people. That's what I think it is. I think people are getting frustrated with the situation and then they take it out on Twitter, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I fully, I fully agree. I think, I think part of it is, I mean, this this podcast is basically the utter state of esports. We've got a lot to catch up on, right? Uh, I think you are right in what you're saying is it's getting to people, but I also think the fact that people don't have to confront people at the moment in uh, events is 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 mean they can just say what the hell they want on Twitter. That's a point, actually. Yeah. Um, and it, it's madness. I, I feel like we stopped this bit and the just world just imploded. Um, it's 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 generally chaos, and I'm sick of it. Here's, here's the honest mm-hmm. truth: the reason one of the reasons I was like I've got to start it now is because I'm actually I'm so sick of it. And there are some people who should be ashamed of themselves because I get, right, it's a tough scenario all round. And I I accept there are issues this year which should have been avoided, but there are also a lot of unavoidable issues. Um, and to, to put down the eSport, which, you know, I love and I'm sure many people listening and I know Rab loves, um, to the point where, you know, people have said to me they don't even feel like watching events because... You know the 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 dismissing of them, but the, the thing is, if you actually watch the event, if you watch the last event, right, Toronto, it was a great fucking event. It was great. I love watching it. Don't get me wrong. I understand there are issues. I do, and we'll cover some of them as we go through. But for fuck's sake, <laughs> like, come on. Um, I don't. I tell you what, Rab. You know, it's just just throw it out there. Where would you like to start? Anything you particularly want to just crack on? What's top of your mind right now? Man, that's crazy. I wondered what your what your thought process was because I was looking through what I always do to check what's happened. I just look through the uploads and I just see what's been happening. And I wonder where we left off. That's the question. Like, did we even cover Pristini to Huntsman? Like, did we did we no. do that? No, or, that was it's so long ago. I think. I mean, I mean, it started today, right? There's more. There's more stuff. Here's here's what I'll go. Here's what I'll go for. Right. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll start with. Crack on the the state of. Uh, players and roster changes in Call of Duty at the moment. Because it's it's interesting to me, um, and I've spoken about this, the internals of franchises at the moment with, you now have a little bit limited in terms of, like, you're not getting any European players, right? That entire market is gone. Just gone. And there, you could have probably taken some European players. Some might have taken a risk this year. It might have happened. Probably wouldn't. Franchises are hedging their bets. But it's it's insane for me to see the fact that, like, Nobody, people are saying, oh, we're not seeing that many switching or we're seeing too much switching. It's all this kind of bullshit, right? You've got to remember now that the esports whole thing is changing and you've got to understand that what I want to see, and maybe you you know, you disagree with me, is players coming to the realisation that they need to be worked on and coached and mature over time. Because there's always been this thing in Call of Duty, right? They, they talk about, oh, if a team doesn't do well in their first event, this chalk, they're never going to get any better. Which, quite frankly, is bullshit. 
it is, right? That's just saying that, oh, you are... If you said yeah, to me, absolutely. right, I oh, know, let's go to Clayster in, back in Black Ops 2 and said, you are the best player you're ever going to be right now. Is that true? Fucking no, of course not. Every player can get better. And they can also get better with, with good coaching, with good infrastructure, by becoming more, more mature and being coachable, right? And you, it takes time to get chemistry down. And it takes time for strategies to come fucking full circle. And it's just, and, and players throwing their toys at the fucking pram and running teams and all this, all this bullshit that I've seen over the last <laughs> fucking six months where people don't understand that this is a massive business and they don't want to fucking crack on with it. I feel you, man. It's, um, it's a weird one. It's, I think the, the most pronounced, um, I mean, first of all, just to say, like, teams that have improved massively this season have been the ones that have made roster changes. And interestingly, have been the ones that have picked up players from outside of the league, uh, which, is, which is certainly interesting. Obviously, the online arena has had some effect on what type of players yeah. you want to pick up because you don't have to worry about them not you know, being nervous online or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like more recently, the Paris Legion team was supposed to be the best example of a team where they play the London Home Series, they lose their first map 250 to 73 against Dallas Empire, they get absolutely smoked. And, um, you know, Pac-Man, Nameless, other people are talking about how, like, how is this not, team not made a roster change? Or they've got Phantoms, Brezzy on the bench. Obviously, Brezzy's a bit of a difficult situation given how it is. Yeah. Um, you know, why have they not made a change? And then they come back the rest of the tournament, massively improved, beat London in the game five. Um, you know, had a great run, get to the grand finals and, and fall short. But like that, that just shows that a team that really does focus on themselves can improve. And I think that other teams have attempted to take that route. I know that this change that was just announced yesterday with God RX going to, um, going to well, the bench on the rocker and Exceed coming in. That was a decision that they pondered for ages. Yeah. Brian Saint said that he... Um, he considered bringing in Awakening earlier in the season, but they decided that, okay, maybe they can get their land form back if they just stick it out a bit longer. And, okay, they took the time to do that. It didn't work out, and now they make a move. And Is that too late? Yeah. I don't know. I can see why teams have been on edge about, like, you know, getting new players in because we see what Florida have done twice now with Ferro and now with Awakening. Um, you know, probably some teams are on edge, but it's not always a solution. See, here's, here's the thing, right? I, I'm not saying never make a roster change because I fully believe there are some players who... How do I put this? Undim undip uh, undiplomatically, just assholes. Um, and they're difficult to work with, and they're difficult to do the team stuff with, and maybe they don't fit in with the current play style. Because some of it is going to be the meta, some of it is going to be chemistry, some of it is going to be attitudes, right? But I also believe that, like, they brought in these, these amateurs, and I, and I fully believe part of it is the fact that, you know, I the, the coaching situation this year, and... I, I know a good few coaches, and I, I love the guys, and they're incredibly talented people. But I don't think coaching is at where it needs to be yet. I don't, I don't believe it's there yet. Of course it isn't. These, a lot of these people don't have a lot of fucking coaching experience. How can you coach somebody if you, if you don't know how to work with these players yet? So that's, as, as that gets better, right, as, as they start identifying talent better, as they start figuring out how to make a team work with the personnel, with actually coaching... 
you'll probably see teams be able to develop better during the year, work on the weaknesses, actually able to, to infiltrate things and get things done. Of course, you know, sometimes a roster change, it makes a dramatic change, and we've seen it over and over again throughout the years of Call of Duty. Players call for it. Play, I, I honestly feel, right, sometimes players give up if they don't get a roster change, so they're never going to get any better anyway. We've seen it over and over again, It's and, and that's part of the issue, is it's it's in the head of players, roster change. If someone does a bad event or someone has a few, fuck it, get rid of him. I want to win. Get rid of him. I'm playing fine. Fuck him. Right? That's 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 a great attitude, you know, and maybe you get a bit of success and maybe you find the right chemistry. But the amount of roster changes that constantly churn over. You know, if you win if you win an event, wow, we're the best team ever, and then you don't do well in the next three, another roster change. Well, what's changed from there to there? Yeah, and, and just to jump in, I, I think you make a point about players giving up on their team's success without the roster change. Um, I think we saw that quite recently with uh, Dashi, of course, being moved to the bench on OGLA. And I mean, that like, if you told me at the start of the year that Dashi would be benched off Optic, like he was basically, I mean, he's not their, um, not their franchise player in the sense. I mean, Slash is, of course, like your number one target, I suppose, if you're that team. But um, still, crazy to see a guy as talented as him on the bench. And yes, the online situation hasn't helped. But what Chino talked about on the podcast is that, well, Dashi got to the point where it, he Chino felt that Dashi didn't trust him as a teammate and didn't feel like that squad had potential. Um, and therefore they made the move, right? But a lot of the time, I think it's a mindset thing. And I think that has been plaguing OGLA the entire season, frankly, when it went to online, especially. And it, not to say that they don't have internet and connection issues, because the fact that they're based in LA doesn't yeah. give them the greatest pings with the servers that we currently have available. That's not to, to diminish that. That obviously is an issue that needs addressing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do think that at times they get in their heads, right? And they're like, okay, well, we're never going to win with the situation. And Dashi might have thought, well, we're never going to win with Chino plus the situation. So I might as well just give up. And, you know, as Chino said, it's not like he didn't turn up for practice, but when he was in practice, he wasn't going 100%, right? Yeah. And if you're going to bring in guys like Hollow and Draza, not as talented as Dashi on paper, um, but they're going to listen to Slasher, right? Like there's no other way about it. Um, so I, I think that that has plagued teams this season, and I think it's been even more of an impact given the online thing and everyone's having a frustrating year. Um, doesn't help, but you're getting paid a lot of money. That's your job. <laughs> I, I agree. And I agree. And so I don't know. So here's the problem, right? While I haven't been talking about Call of Duty as much in the last three, four months while I haven't been podcasting, um, I'm still listening and i'm still talking to players and i'm still talking to coaches and i'm still i still have an inside track right so i don't know what exactly i know what i know about that situation and you're along the same kind of track is that you know the attitude was off and the, and that's that's a key point right no matter how good this player is if you're giving up and bearing in mind right i've mentioned this a hundred times salaries for players is high will it always be high i don't know but if I'm being paid that much, and, it, and it's easy to get apathetic, right? Because, and and this isn't specifically at Dashi. This isn't. This isn't an attack on Dashi at all. This is a generic thing for players. If you're being told you are the greatest constantly, and, and you've got the stats to prove it, and you're playing fantastically, any player does this, it becomes difficult for you to get perspective, right? Because you believe you're a champion. And a lot of pro players do. A lot of pro players I've ever met are the most competitive people I've ever seen. So once you're in that drive to win and you're winning and you're great and you're fantastic, 
how do you deal with the fact that you may be fucking up? Especially if you're not, you know, if you're under 21. If you're, if you're, not, if you're a player that's come into recently and you've gone from zero to fucking hero. It's not easy. And I don't think anybody would deal with it well. So it's easy to give up. You know, say, oh, fucking my, you know, I'm good. I'll be all right, mate. Yeah, I think that is that is certainly true. And um, I mean, just to go back to the Dashi example, I think he's had a very interesting career as it's turned out, right? Being on, obviously being pretty hyped up young guy on Enigma 6 in World War II, dropping crazy numbers in terms of KD. People are like, is this guy just a fraud? Is he a kill hole? Whatever. Um, then going on to opt to gaming and just the way he broke into the scene was crazy in that sense, right? Like he was on, in, he played Infinite Warfare Champs as straight ripping as well. People were kind of like, who is this guy? Goes on to Optic, very first event he ever plays with Optic, absolutely dominant, right? 1.4 KD, Tempest, just crushing it, best player at the event, best player yeah. in the game straight away. And um, you know what the Optic fan base is like, right? And for good reason, he was getting hella gassed up yeah. um, the entire year. So now you get at a point where maybe he doesn't get the movie once. He's stuck on OGLA, the rest of the guys that he was teaming with last year, onto Chicago. There was a whole thing about whether he wanted that and whether he was informed by a scump or whoever, like that was a potential. Um, and then obviously frustrated with the situation being stuck on OGLA. Yeah. And then you get to a point where the rest of your team isn't performing. And, you know, not just, as I say, not just singling out Dashi. I'm sure it's happens to a number of players, but you're thinking, well, it's not really my fault, is it? So... Um, not the only know. player this happened to, by the way. Not the <laughs> only course. player this year, even just this year. Not the only player this has happened to. And it's mad because we're supposed to. And I, I feel like I've taken straight off when Spitfire left off. We have got to a point now, right, where there has to be somebody able to talk these players round, almost like a therapist. You know, being able to point them in the right direction, keep that motivation up, because self motivation is very, very difficult. And it takes a while, you know, and it, it's dis- it becomes down to discipline rather than motivation. But you have to keep drilling that down. And I and I and I can I can completely empathise and sympathise with these players that are frustrated by, you know, having to play it all online, the the game mechanics, all this sort of stuff. I can and and then losing and getting smoked and people, you know, talking shit in your mentions. I understand. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that you know it's all sunny and you should fucking grow up. What I do understand is how frustrating that is from a competitor's point of view. What I don't understand is that there aren't more things in place and, and people haven't figured out yet how to get these players back into fucking line. Like, the, the coaching staff we've seen, you know, sometimes got bigger coaching staff, sometimes we've got less. There's a background infrastructure. There's very important people. You know, I mean, even some of the, the owners of these franchises, right? Very well-respected businessmen and women, and they know a two a thing about it. Fucking have a word with them. Just say, you know, this is how it is. It's it's difficult to give advice to an eighteen year old who's hot shit. But that's a that's a probably a three hundred grand a year asset <laughs> that's going to sit on your bench and do fuck all but moan. It's it's a different kettle of fish, and I just I just want to see it be better this year. And we haven't even got into specifics yet. Yeah, I think that is um, that's an interesting conversation that isn't really talked about i suppose too much especially with all the other madness going on um it's definitely something that the online league hasn't helped right because at the end of the day we'd love to be on lan everyone would love to be on lan and there's people like slasher talking about well what are the chances that actually happens next year how many events would there even be um is that something the cdl want to explore how much a visa is going to be an issue 
and you know it's it's very nice and optimistic to say okay whatever champs is on line this year and then next year we're going to be starting off fresh and um everyone is going to have a clear mind going into the new season and it's going to take it all serious and everything that's not going to happen um and we may not have the lands that that we're looking for i hate hate the idea of not taking it seriously because you might be at a disadvantage or it might suck because absolutely and 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 i I sit there and i see people go you know oh well obviously they're they're worried and they're frustrated because next year they might not get picked up and they might get dropped yeah that makes sense right I understand. It's it's very stressful. But to not try, to not put in your all and go, you know what, fuck it. If I can get through this, I can get through the next six months. There is something you mentioned there um, about champs and about this online thing. Because when I saw it kick off, and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, makes sense. No, 100%, 100% makes sense to go online. And I saw people moaning about it. And eventually the narrative changed a bit to, oh, because of the server and stuff. I'm like, well, that's more reasonable than the first argument I saw. And that I think that sums up the problems I've been seeing in at least Twitter and socials in the last three months. The messaging isn't clear. The 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 complaints look childish to kick things off. It's not something that you should fucking, you know, that we, we should expect from professionals. And I spoke to some this morning, actually, and they said, you know, moaning's the only way to get things done. But it's constructive moaning is. Just saying something is shit isn't. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't help anybody. All it does is make the make the community go, ah, oh, this is crap, and then they then they stop caring. If you're told something is irrelevant and biased and uncompetitive and shit, then why am I going to care to watch you? Why am I going to contribute to a, a system that you know you're telling me is pointless? And it, and this whole thing, like, chance has got to be like just so we just so we're hundred percent clear on this issue, right? Champs shouldn't have even been considered to be on that. I don't care what kind of bubble you put up. If I did, I see something today that the uh, is it the NBA or the or baseball or something they couldn't protect their players. They couldn't prevent them from getting COVID in the bubble. Whatever bubble was set up in America for a professional league failed. Right, Activision, and you know I don't I I don't need to defend Activision. They can defend themselves. Activision are never ever ever. Going to go, let's do an event in a bubble when any aspect of liability is there for a game that we can play online. Servers aside, and I understand that the, currently the situation is not tenable. It is not acceptable for players to be playing on the ridiculous pings and not having enough servers. But it's never going to happen on LAN. And next year, it might not happen either. So, I don't know. People say, I saw someone say they might retire or not play next year. For 300 grand. Plus whatever oh, else prize money. Yeah. It's Slasher, again. <laughs> I love the guy. But Jesus, to even pretend, like, think of this in the real thing. Think, Rab, put yourself as a team owner right now. I'm a team owner. The the tactical Rabs of, I don't know, I can't even think of a place, Hull. The tactical Rabs of Hull, right? Let's not think of that. <laughs> you yeah, using, using a player, and no matter whether or not it's tongue-in-cheek or whether or not he is saying it as an extreme example, which is what I imagined it actually was, right? But saying he may not consider playing next year if it's online. I know it's shit. I know it's shit. It's terrible. It's terrible for players at the moment, and I'm sure they're trying to fix it for champs. But you're, you are, you own a franchise which is costing you millions a year. Millions, and you're waiting for a return of investment. Do you gamble on Slasher right now? Not in the current state. Because I'm I'm concerned. I mean that's interesting, right? Because if I had to if I had to pick a five man team that I would want to form, yeah. like just 
for LAN, let's say we were just going into a generic game and it was going to be on LAN, we had no issues. Slashy would be in probably the first four players I'd pick. Like, I rate him very highly. I think he's a great winner. I think he has what it takes with multiple different teams. But right now, with the potential of online, I'm not like, I'm not jumping at the opportunity to snap him up because I'm, there's probably better options that are more, um, well, less volatile, yeah. <laughs> should we say. Um, so yeah, that is certainly a concern. And saying that stuff publicly, I, I think just to go back to your point on that, it removes the legitimacy talking about this stuff is, it's an interesting one because I think it does to a degree when players talk about how, um, you know, it doesn't count because it's online and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of true. The, the fact is like, do people, do people actually stop watching as a result of that? They probably do, but I, I'm not sure that is reflected in the viewership. I don't know if it's like really people. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I I wonder if it's the same people that say, oh, this COD's crap and I'm not going to buy it, but still buy it anyway, you know, yeah. those people. And like, I don't know that there might just be a degree to which this the addition of this like added drama to the Twitter scene on that every tournament there's some complaint about the servers or something yeah. makes people want to watch or like at least get more engaged. So I, it's not good from like a CBL Activision <laughs> franchise perspective. I'm not particularly happy with players saying my league is a shambles, yeah, um, yeah. but you know. <laughs> you know what rab you've actually you've just changed my mind a little bit there like i said i'm always willing to take new viewpoints on and i think the point you made there is fantastic right i didn't think about drama being a great driving factor i didn't put that into my mind um and you're right you know a lot of the time i i enjoy watching because i know shit's gonna kick off uh you know that you're gonna see tweets after a thing you know people are gonna you know go at each other um and that's a that's a really good point um as it goes i just i think the point I'm trying to make for this year is we all knew it was going to go online and people talk about asterisks and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's fair, right? We can say that there are going to be caveats. And I know, I think Maven made a point saying, you know what? Uh, you know, in four or five years, are we going to continue to extend the wins or not? I'm like, well, yeah, probably. But if you're being honest, the people like me who remember tournaments like XP, we talk about XP in a different light, the very first XP to, to now for champs, right? Because you can't just pretend that context goes away. As long as you've got educated individuals who know the history and can bring that to light and say, oh, he won these homestands. Obviously, this was during the X era, you know, the COVID era or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's that's fine. I think my problem is the fact that it's continued. Like, I can accept, yeah, we can go, you know what, count was whatever, but we will accept it as it goes on and then just drop the conversation. Because it's no good every single event for people to go, oh, fuck it, it's not a real win. Oh, fuck you, what was the, it was pointless. Oh, you know, it doesn't even matter that you won this. Because that, does, that, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't It doesn't help for people to go, oh, this is, you know, this is not something that's important. Because it is, you know, still winning these events. You've still got to play these games. Regardless of the, of the server situation, which I know people are upset about. It's money still exists, right? Yeah, money still exists. <laughs> the, mon the money's still going out. You know, your yeah, players yeah, yeah. still being paid real money. They're still winning real prizes, and it's still going into their Codpedia. Um, and I guarantee that after a chat, whoever wins champs, and if they've got rings, which it looks like they have because of the, mm -hmm. the in-game charms, I guarantee those are real rings. You know, they're not gonna, yeah. they're not gonna, they don't come with an asterisk on the ring, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't know. The chat, the champs thing. Just to go back to it, because I saw something in the chat. The champs thing to go back to it. I, for a long time, I was in favour of a bubble for COD. 
And I was thinking about the logistics and I was thinking about all this sort of stuff. But this is what I spoke about before we went live um, in my video about talking about devil's advocate. And this and this is the devil's advocate. And I want you to bear this in mind. It's not that I 100% agree with it. It's not that, you know, I think it's the right thing. But this is the other side of that argument. If Activision were to bubble, which they probably could, a lot of resources, they could probably get it done. And a player became ill. Just ill. Fucking massive liability. Headlines, problems, people instantly going, we could have played it online. People wouldn't understand. And it's not just the educated people who go, oh, well, you know, the servers and stuff. Try explaining that to somebody who says, so you could play this game online and you still went to an event. Doesn't It doesn't compute to the wider audience, right? That's the devil's advocate of this. And that's not even if a player gets complications, let alone a player fucking dies, right? Because it could happen. You know, people, people could have, you know, health problems we don't know about as a community because obviously it's not none of our fucking business most of the time, right? You don't know everybody, every player's health. You don't know if a player's immunosuppressed. It doesn't come up in their interview. How's your bowel movements today? Are you all right, right? That's not fucking something we ask. We, we, we judge them on fucking... Uh, we judge them on how they play. We don't judge them on how healthy they are. And, it, and, and I think that's probably the argument against it. Not only that, but obviously America's imploding with fucking COVID. So, you know, the bubble's going to be made out of fucking titanium. Um, I mean, apparently the NBA bubble is working. But that's obviously got way more resources. It's not even on the same thing. And I, I, I'm I, on the fence because I do believe a bubble could work. But I understand why the liability is so high. No, I agree with your take exactly on this because it's something that could be done in theory like they have the yeah. resources they could make it work if they wanted to make it work for like the the second part of champs as it were like championship whatever exactly they're calling it if they really wanted to they could make it work but i think the liability aspect is just the point where it, it's almost a blessing and a curse the fact that we can game online because it's meant that we haven't suffered it's not like covid has completely stripped us of everything but the problem is coming out the other ends, real sports are going back to playing sports because they have to. Whereas esports is now at the point where, well, we still can play online. And as you say, it would be an absolute disaster for Activision, I'm sure legally as well as PR, if they put on this event. And as you say, even if it wasn't COVID or like even if um, it was like suspected that someone might have it or something and like how exactly do you get the players there? It's it's just logistical nightmare when it can be done online. Yeah. Um, that is just the crux of the issue. So yeah. that's just what they're going to do. I mean, this whole thing, right, Brad, stems from servers. It it does, and I can and and it's time we talked about it, right? Because it's it's upsetting when I speak to player and. There is a thing in the background. I'm going to fuck it. I'm just going to be honest with, with people who are watching. There is a thing in the background where some teams basically know who roughly should win each series because of which vetoes are going which way, right? They know roughly what the pings are now for all the teams. Everybody kind of figured it out. Um, and, you know, and there's also been server switches who aren't working some weekends and are working other weekends. I think what's about to happen in the time between Toronto and Champs is... If Activision are going to do it, they are going to try and get as many servers online as possible for champs. Just fucking, just go, you know what? Throw money at the problem, because if we can give them fucking 800 servers, you know, just a number out of the air, 800 servers, and we can get the pings somewhere, it's never going to be great, right? You play, America's 
huge. It's never going to be fantastic. Everybody's going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage. They're going to go on Twitter and they're going to moan about it because they got bullshit in a gunfight. But if they can go, we have done our due diligence and we have put as many servers as we can online for champs because we're giving away a shit ton of money, it's probably okay. It's probably what's going to happen and it's probably okay because there's nothing else you could realistically expect at that point. Yeah, I think they, especially if that is what we're looking for next year as well, which it probably is to some degree, they have to really consider investing in this because that is the key point that is a point of frustration. And honestly, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I see less about this on Twitter than maybe I should because I don't even really think Paris were moaning about it too much at the London Home Series, but they had to play against Dallas in the finals and like they vetoed whatever server was nowhere near them and then because of the way the veto system works on the servers they ended up playing on like the texas server which is right next to dallas and yeah. getting absolutely destroyed which um which is interesting right because you look at their tournament and the problem is that you now look back at that tournament and you think well damn paris looked really good between their first series against dallas and the last series against dallas in the yeah. finals but in both those series they got destroyed so how much is that like is dallas actually better is it just internet were paris better than the other teams or is it just internet like this is a discussion which we should just never have to be having yeah. but um unfortunately we do and for good reason and um the cdl really need to look at this because it is um a point that i hate to talk about but it is a massive one when there's yeah. this amount of money on the line yeah, of course it is and you know when when you're talking about that it's, it's hard to do power rankings when everybody's beating everybody and everybody is beating everybody at the moment mm, and you are yeah. right saying well who's actually the best here because i don't know who's gonna win champs normally i have a pretty good idea i could pick a favorite i could go for it i haven't got a fucking clue could be any. <laughs> yeah. Could be any one of probably eight teams. Eight you're teams. Just, yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah. not Surge or LAG, to be honest with you. But you know, it's pretty open most of the way, and it could. Yeah, be, and mean, even then, it wouldn't those, surprise me. Yeah, I mean, those bottom four that start and losers, they're they're kind of they're kind of done for. But the top eight, like pretty much anything can happen. I mean, you see what Toronto managed to pull off. Like if they can do that on a single weekend. Um, you know, they can do it or another team could do it. And Minnesota's just made a roster change. New York, like, you know, attach, champs player, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's crazy. And it, in, a, in a sense, it's exciting, right? Like, it's not like we go into this event thinking, I mean, the champs format is interesting. The fact that, like, Atlanta and Dallas uh, have two buys. They only technically have to win three series to win the whole thing. Is that too much of an advantage? Um, but, you know, if you're going to predict a, a champion, you pretty much just have to predict based on how the bracket looks rather than predicting who you think is the best team yeah. because uh you know matchup dependent is so important now and as you said like we, we've talked about matchups in the past to how are uh, this five-man roster stacks up well against that five-man roster because they play in a similar style and therefore the gun skill comes out on top or whatever um whereas now you're talking about well this five-man roster stacks up well against that five-man roster because they have the server advantage because that's yeah. where the servers are um so so, yeah, I'm sure pros think about this a lot. I think Activision really needs to oh. take a hard look at it. <laughs> pros definitely think about this a lot. They definitely man. think about it a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, it's upsetting because, to, like I said, man, there's two sides to this, right? Activision, obviously, it was never intended for this to happen. This is This is come out of left field. Nobody could have predicted that everything would have to grind to a halt. Nobody could have predicted how it would go. Nobody could predict the government's response to it. Nobody could predict any of this, right? So they're, they're always going to be dealing with a, with a big bag of just shit that's been dumped on them. And mm -hmm. obviously they're going to be trying their best. To say that they're, they're willfully negligent is, is wrong. 
have they made mistakes? Of course they have. You know, there are certain aspects of it that we know now in hindsight to be a mistake to have made. You know, some of the way the servers have been done, some of the way the the broadcast and the software and all that sort of stuff was integrated. But, you know, to pull it to where it is now, um, without the servers, the broadcast is pretty bloody good, right? This, uh, the, you know, the Toronto, I enjoyed the crap out of it. Very good broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Love Warzone Weekend, best thing that's come out of COVID is, is the fact oh, we don't absolutely. have to watch, don't have to watch the, fucking no high, battles high battles <laughs> Yeah, yeah. High battles are gone, baby. Come on. High, high battles, by the way, cost upwards of a hundred grand. Just so I we're can't clear, they actually like. Just so we're ever. clear, just how much you know they were throwing <laughs> at that shit. That's crazy. Um, fucking. So that's the best. That's the be, you know that's the best thing about uh, about Corona. The best thing about Corona is Warzone Weekend and no more high battles. Uh, I think I tweeted mm. that out the other day. Um, let's move on because uh, I want to talk about GAs. Another thing that irritated me, and this sure. one. Is, so the rest of it. You know, devil's over that there are many sides to it. This one is bad, though. This one this one really irritates me. Um, I'll get your thought on it first, because my dog's going berserk. So. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, hmm. Where do we begin on GAs? This is a interesting question, because it started with, well, it started a long time ago. We always talk about this. Every single COD, at some point in the year, we have to talk about GAs, and then... Eventually, everyone agrees that they're just going to agree to it because it just makes more effort if they disagree. And then we just continue with our lives as normal. Um, I think, like, I feel like I've talked this topic to death around 10 millimeter, around auto tax sprint, around the Uzi that then people figured out was good. And then they decided to GA the ammo conversions. The org that people found out was good, they decided to GA that because at the end of the day, um, the pros like the M4 MP5 meta. So let's stick with that. I don't necessarily blame them for that it, to some degree. Like okay, the I'm meta gonna, makes sense. I have to jump Go in on. here because I fucking do. Go on. This is the bit that's irritated me and I, was, I wanted to see how you felt on it first. GA, I've made a video on GAs before. GAs are a band-aid to keep the game competitive and working in a good a good state, right? Yep. That's what GAs are for. They are a faster method of players to adjust the rule set to make it better for them to play and to and in some regards watch. Not all the time, but some regards watch. That argument there, that very last argument I heard is what is what I like to think of as a bad faith argument. To say we prefer a meta, uh, so we're just going to stick with it, is not what GAs are for. It, uh, you, a GA is not to tweak a meta to how you like it, unfortunately. You know, it's not about that. It's about making sure the game remains competitive and it can work in, you know, for everybody. Because uh, let's, let's be honest, right? It's not just the pros that deal with it. The, the it trickles down. Ams deal with it. They they play with the GA. They don't have to do anything. They're not going to get. But they they it, it trickles all the way down, right? Even into GBs. I play GBs. You know, people. You know, the suppressors before they're banned, people wouldn't use them unless you use them and the GA was off. Like that sort of shit. It trickles down even into GBs. To say you want to stay at a current meta because you've been playing, and I think I saw this argument. To say you want to stay on a current meta, you've been playing it for eight months. It's quite frankly mental, because. The meta has already changed. We've seen the meta right now, Rab, changed, and there was already a GA that was added to the, added anyway, which changed the meta. Ten mil got nerfed and then got removed by GA. McFall grip after then got removed as well. Now those two things probably should have been taken out eight months ago, but we'll forgive that. 
Then we talk about the org and we talk about the uh, uh, the, the Uzi. Mm-hmm. If these things were so great, why weren't we using them all year? But now that people are trying them because they're trying to find alternatives, now they're too good. The meta, the meta changed anyway, right? The meta changed. The meta has changed. It's a different meta. People have got rid of no stock. People are running more ARs. It is a, it is a different meta. So the M4, MP5 meta doesn't make sense anymore because you're not playing the same meta. The, gu- the guns have changed ever so slightly with the nerfs. So the fact that they've got the same fucking skin on them, you know, and it's called this, this fucking block of code has the same fucking shape of the MP5 you've always used. It's not the same. It has changed. So you can't... I don't think you can have a GA that is based around the fact that, oh, we've been playing it for eight months, let's just keep it as it is. I think... You have to look at it objectively. And I also don't agree with the way GAs are being done. There are 12 team captains, I believe, in the chat, and it's uh, and, it, and it gets ruled on. I, I don't know if it's a proper discussion. There are ARs voting on SMG stuff because of the captains that are in there. It should be anonymous. Pro should be able to fucking vote anonymously. I don't know who they would go through. Some sort of body, whoever. 75%, I think, minimum to put something in the GA bracket is a perfectly fine system. I don't know who would set that up. I don't know how it would work. But then it needs to be explained to the community, right? Because the community, you know, when all this was kicking off, thought it looked silly. This is GA, not GA. Oh, it's GA. Oh, we're going to GA the knife. We're not going to GA the knife. Oh, you know, people moaning about it. Here's a clip. Here's not a clip. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make pros look better because you're all going at each other. GA should never, never, never come into the public before they're discussed and then something has come out. And I'm not saying a player associate. I just mean like as a group statement. There needs to be said, we are doing this because of X, right? And we found that it happens in X. Because a GA is only guaranteed by the players, right? The rule set, Activision, the CDL, everybody. The GAs is a completely separate thing. And I think they have an opportunity to make GAs seem more legitimate. Because if they can make the GA sound legitimate, might be putting the rule set faster. If you can say, oh, we've done it for these these reasons. I, I know probably say, oh, I don't have to explain myself. Well, unfortunately, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people who watch you every week and they want to fucking know. Well, we make videos on it. We discuss it. You know, there's content that comes out. We want to know what's happening with the game and we need to understand. And it's fine to go public when you want to complain and you need something changed, like, you know, tax print and stuff, right? I understand. I can understand it from a competitive point of view that it may lower the skill gap, but I'm not turning it off and nobody in GBs is turning it off and nobody in the AM scene is going to turn it off. Um, so it seemed a little bit weird. For the VGA'd, um, it's just, it's just frustrating to see vomit on Twitter constantly <laughs> with no real substance to back it up. I think you struck on pretty much all the key issues. What I was getting at saying I don't blame the pros is because my conclusion was going to be that they don't, they have the power to do what they want effectively. The, the way that it works right now is that if the pros decide they want to do that, then they can just do it. And no one's going to stop them because, as you say, if the majority of, as you say, like most teams have like a designated GA person who's usually an AR or whatever, because they're like a older player, veteran player, whatever, mostly tend to be ARs. And um, they go into the call and then they decide what happens and they just get rid of the stuff that they don't like. And because they have the power to do that and they have the freedom to do that, that is far from ideal. So it does certainly beg the question, because in an ideal world, I think that the pros decide, okay, this is broken, this isn't good enough, or this is too good, or whatever, it reduces the skill gap, which maybe is true in to some degree, like there's 
not denying that GAs are necessary at times, because I agree that they are. Um, but in an ideal world, we get to the point where the pros can decide between them, 75%, whatever, and have a discussion with Activision, the CDL, to say, look, this is too strong, this needs to go, and Activision can talk to Infinity Ward or whoever, the development team, and maybe the development team has a segment of the development team which is just purely focused on competitive play, and they can almost immediately reflect that in the CDL rule set once it has gone through. The problem may be that, just one more quick thing, the problem maybe that comes up as a result of that is when do GAs become going too far, right? Just because all the pros agree doesn't necessarily mean that it's something which should be implemented. Like the knife GA, for example, like people saying, okay, too many knives and smokes on the map reduces the skill gap, whatever. Like, is that taking it too far? How do we have some sort of body? And the problem is like, you have a body, okay, like who do you put on the body? Karma, like TP, but the problem is they don't play the game, like assuming they're still retired, don't play the game at that high competitive level to understand what should be gone and, sh ah. and should not be. Ah, see, that, that's the key point, right? Because they don't need to. If it works properly, they don't need to. So how it should work, or at least in my mind, how I think it could work better, um, because I don't think the current thing is... There's clearly flaws in the current one, right? Because if you're having this discussion, some players are more charismatic, some players are more dominant in their personalities and louder and able to argue their point and speak better. So... And, and you don't get to really vote in a closed atmosphere. Um, so, you know, there are some aspects of intimidation, not, you know, overt intimidation. People say, oh, if you don't do it, I'll beat you up. But they are, it, it is that kind of atmosphere, right? You, you can't talk don't to do it. Don't do it, you're not getting screens. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> basically you're the same thing. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't foster a real discussion, probably. Um, the, the, what should happen is that last person, whoever it is, and the pros could probably just chuck them a tiny bit of money or whatever, goes, right. Here are the arguments. Uh, any players want to speak for it? Any players want to speak against it? Then we'll have a discussion. Um, you know, players can listen in or whatever. Whatever kind of roundtable needs to happen for this to go through. Uh, whoever wants to speak on their matter can. Then we go, right, we're going to vote on it. Everybody, it's some sort of system where people can vote anonymously, probably like a Google form with everybody player has an individual number. All gets collected into yes or no, and then find the results. So all, all, the only person who ever knows who voted which way is going to be the person in charge. It's all anonymous. If it goes through, great. If it doesn't, well, clearly, you know, that's that's as it is. It hasn't gone through. And then, once that's done, and the GA is going into place, because let's face it, right, in this current atmosphere, we do talk about GAs, then the reasoning can go out. The pros have discussed about it. They've put these points forward, and they have felt this way. And everybody goes, all right, yeah, that makes more sense now. Maybe you disagree with it, maybe you don't, but at least it's a united front, there is a reason behind it, and it has been done in such a way that nobody can claim otherwise. I think that's the ideal. Um, and it, what's interesting is that it seems to be worse this season than it usually is um, for maybe a number of different reasons. I mean, that the game has a lot of added things in, and people are very frustrated for some good reasons. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been more of the more to the forefront this season. But it is a topic that comes up every single season without fail at some point, at least a couple of times. Um, and as I was saying right at the beginning, the way it always goes is the GA is proposed, people disagree, people fight back, people do whatever, face say they're going to use the org, and then they realize, hang on a second, we're not going to get scrims against top teams because um, you know that they might be pretty serious about their threats or whatever, and it just doesn't look good from a comradely. You know, whatever. I'm sure 
I don't know. I mean, it, just the, the fact of the matter is that GA's become up as, as a discussion and then they all just go through eventually because that's just how the system is um, formed right now. And the CDL, you know, they recognize GA's on their on their stream. <laughs> they had a graphic that came up and it said, gentlemen's agreements, snaking is gone. I'm and, not sure um, that was supposed to happen. All this know? stuff. I'm, I'm like, what's this? But they bring it up on stream as if they're, yeah. you know, representing them as legitimate things, but yet they provide no infrastructure to actually... Um, you know, deal with this in a in an appropriate and professional manner. Um, so surely it must be something on their mind for future seasons because this is just going to crop up again and again, if not. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much Activision can get involved, but I would love to see a pro go, right, can we please just do this in a different way? Can we please uh, just... I don't care about the whole union thing. I don't care about player association, the rights. That's all way more complicated. This, is, this could be simple, right? It just needs somebody slightly independent to... To, to figure this shit out, I don't care. Use use a caster. Use use anybody who doesn't have skin in the game. Somebody who can go look. It'll take me ten minutes to to look at a form and distribute and figure out which way the vote's gone. You guys can table it however you want. Um, but please be more because I think it adds something. I think it adds a professionalism, right? Because then then the people at Activision or the developers can't go. Oh, they're just wildcat striking things. All this wildcat GAing and all this GAing argument that's going on is probably causing a reaction Activision side, dev side going, these pros don't know what they're doing. They're just, they're just, they're, they're acting like crazy people. Right? They're going, oh yeah, it's in, it's out. You know, we don't know what we're doing. So it delegitimizes genuine complaints the pros have, right? And I know that it's been talked about this year that there hasn't been the full communication channels that they would like. And that, if it's true, is is unacceptable in the extreme. Um, but you know, three weeks left. It's it's late to be for me to be talking about that now. Um, but at the moment, GA seem to be done in bad faith. Um, and obviously, any time that something spills over onto Twitter, it's a thousand times worse behind the scenes. So it must have been like civil war back behind the scenes. Here's, so here's an interesting one, right? So I was in a Discord server where there are some players. And I'm sitting in a call, and I ask the question <laughs> about the 10 mil GAs. Didn't go well. Chaos, I imagine. There was two players <laughs> went at each other, who were quite happily just talking. Friends get along, and it, 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 you know, they said, "Oh, it's just a sc-. It was quite heated in my mind for a very light-hearted topic, and obviously, it wasn't the first time it had been discussed. But it was genuine, you know, like uh, exasperation and. Uh, uh, and passion being poured out into this argument between two people who aren't going to vote on it. They weren't even. I don't think they win there. They're, the captains were separate. So it's just like that is that is crazy to think how heated it probably did get behind the scenes. And I imagine there were probably people saying, "Oh, you will be blacklisted." And there were people saying, "Oh, you know, if you do this, you know, I won't play with you," and all this and all this bullshit. Um, so why not maybe put it into a system where you go, "Yeah, all right, if we're going to do this and it's becoming more out in the open and it's you know it's probably still written in the contract so they're not allowed to do it um because that was a point you know GA's are banned and they're still yeah. GA's um that's what I don't get right because collusion was in the contracts as like you can't collude with other teams but yet then they just bring GA's up on the stream so I don't know anymore <laughs> I don't I don't uh, I don't know if I say this I don't think that was supposed to happen you know yeah, I I, I heard some rumors that that wasn't really supposed to it. happen and Let's be clear, we haven't seen it since. It's the that only time true. it happened. It happened one time. I and I don't know whether it got poo-pooed from Activision or whether it got, you know, oh, this didn't work or it's too much 
too much resources to explain why the hell the things called GAs are even in this when we've got a mm. rule set. Um, it could be any one of a number of reasons, but that didn't seem to be something that we're going to see again. Um, I doubt but, it. Yeah, but you are <laughs> right about collusion. Technically, I'm fairly certain none of them are supposed to... I, I, I'm fairly certain none of them are supposed to sit in Discord till fucking 3 a.m. with all, all different team members and they're talking about God, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it was it Overwatch who, you know, they weren't allowed to like play with each other, they're not allowed to do all these different things. Like teams can't go into mixed games. Yeah, now really it's like, oh, I play whatever you want. It's like, yeah, it's fine, just crack on. Um I'm glad COD still has that like freedom at least for now. Yeah. Um but who knows what the future holds. <laughs> who who does know Activision, what the future holds? Activision, baby. Who does know what the future holds? Because it's we're coming up onto the end of the year, right? Um and one of the one of the, one of the reasons I did the podcast now, because someone said, "Oh, why are you doing it now? You only got champs left to come." And it's not—I don't want to talk just about champs. It's not always about the events. It's not always about that. Call of Duty doesn't stop as soon as champs is over. There are stories to tell. There are players to talk to. We talk about the next game. We talk about what happened during the year. There is an infinite amount of things that make Call of Duty esports fantastic, and that openness is one of them. Right, the fact that we are going to get stories to come out of it, and players are going to tell stuff about what happened during the year and what they thought of their franchises and. We'll probably find out what are the better franchises. No one's really spoke about it because from the out, you know, there are some that look a little bit better than others. I've heard really, some things. You yeah, know. <laughs> we don't really know. We don't know whether yeah. a team's just been set up and left to run on itself, or whether or not there is massive infrastructure going on behind the scenes. We don't know if people have been laid off. We don't know if people have been had you know salaries moved and adjusted. We don't know what's happening next year. We've heard rumors of a four before fucking expansion. We've heard rumors of you know sixteen teams, no expansion because it's online. We've heard you know a dozen different things. Yeah. Um. So God, there's always so, storylines. God knows. <laughs> they Honestly, never stop. God knows. <laughs> um. There was something else I was going to talk about. Something else uh, that I was going to look at. Um. And I'm trying to figure out, see if it's in my notes. But I don't know if I actually wrote this one down because there's something else that I saw that come up was pretty big. Um, oh, Karma's retirement. <laughs> Karma's retirement is massive, and I actually I think <laughs> I, I think you know that's something that could go on for about six hours, and I really want to get like a dozen pros in to talk about yeah, who he is you. as a person. Um, the what hits the current thing? It's the current thing of the start glitch, is what I was going to talk about. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. That's the, big, that's the big news this week. Because pros are accusing each other of cheating all over again. Um, oh my god! It's, it's just beautiful to watch at times, but at the same time, it's actually atrocious. <laughs> I don't get I mean, the drama is always interesting. Uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious. I, I tell you what, I'm going to ask you what you think, and feel free in the chat if you want to put stuff in. This is so. Again, to play devil's advocate on this one. I think it's kind of interesting a player found it and didn't, and somehow that got kept under wraps. Like, I find that really cool that somebody had done that to get the advantage. But the real question is is it cheating? Because it's not intended, it's clearly a bug in the game. And have, and, and, and just, I want to give the full frame of this question. If it's cheating, then there are players who have gone out of their way to legitimately cheat this year. That's that's the, that's what we, you know. If you take it to the extreme, the logical end of that argument is that teams and players have been abusing something in, that shouldn't have been in the game, and have been cheating this year. It's not just a line of sight. It's not a strategy. It's not something like that. It's it's abusing something and keeping it quiet to get wins. I think this is a tough one um, because 
So the, the first thing I'd say is it's somewhat similar to earlier this year, people discovered that in domination, if you didn't skip your kill cam, you spawned in quicker because yeah. um, the kill cam is takes shorter time than what your respawn delay is. Now, and people are calling that cheating, but literally you die, you set your controller down and you do nothing and therefore you're abusing the glitch or whatever. Where it's different, of course, in this case, and as you say, the very interesting part is that, as I said in the video I made at the time, if you're a pro playing this day in, day out, some people will have discovered this very early on and will have known this has been a thing for a long time. And people are looking at the clips now from the most recent weekends and saying, yeah, that looks a little bit dodgy. I'm sure there were dodgy things that were happening in previous events that we've never even thought about because it wasn't considered at the time. Whereas now everyone's bringing up clips left, right and center. It's a tough one. It's in the game. It's it's a bug. It's unintentional. But you do have to, I imagine it's unintentional, but you do have to go out of your way to do it. You have to go in the kill cam. You have to press start and you have to actually look for that information and go out of your way to do it. And call them out and, and call them out. Which and is call actually, them out. Which is actually the nail in the coffin here because yeah. You're I... deliberately abusing the glitch at that point. There's no other way to put it, really. Yeah, but also... I'm fairly certain all team comms, as soon as we went online, have been saved. Yeah, they have. And they have. I, I don't know if all the POVs have been saved. I know the comms are. Because you could, if, if, if the POVs were saved, mm. or you could probably sync up the comms, and you could see when a player dies. If that player dies and then makes three or four call-outs, you'll be like, well, they're doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the key track, obviously now it's been found. It's been found such at the end of the year that I'm hoping a hot patch comes in. But that's legitimately, it could, it could be called legitimately cheating. It could be. I, I think, yeah, I think you're, it's such a difficult line to draw, I think. Because yeah, it is. you think of cheating and you think, okay, well, you're plugging something external into your controller. Yeah. You're like doing, doing something like this. But in this case, because you do like have to go quite significantly out of your way, like usually when I play COD and I die, I'm just spamming square, like I'm straight back at the game, unless there's a reason for me to watch the kill cam to delay a rotation or something, like I need to wait until the next hill pops so I can yeah. get a spawn anchor or whatever. Um, you have to go out of your way. And as you say, you have to call it out. And this is the discussion last night between Crim6 and um, Classic. Like Classic was saying that, like, wait for the comms to come out and we'll show you that we didn't use that. Um, but then there was another clip that came out of a seam on the rocker, supposedly saying, oh, watch your kill cams, watch your kill cams. And it was a weird one because maybe you thought he was saying that just because they needed to delay to get spawns because watch your kill cams for that reason. But then looking at the position of the players, it was like, I, I don't see why that would be beneficial. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is this cheating? <sighs> it's an interesting question. It really is, right? Like, it's, I, I'm very curious, right? This is more of a community thing. We figure this one out and the players and everybody, and I'm sure, you know, some people think, right, this is obviously cheating. Um, and people are talking about the comms right now, you know. People didn't have to hide their comms up until now. People might hide it now. But, like, you know, for me, like, it's not... You are right. Pressing the start button is not a natural thing. Unless I'm changing class or... Well, basically, that's it. Uh, or adjusting a setting, usually I'm hitting the scoreboard, checking how bad I'm doing, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, or how good my teammates are doing and carrying me through another GB. Um, this is something different that once you've found it, you've told people, gone, holy crap, we know their exact team layout. We know if somebody's gone through. We know all this sort of stuff. Um, are we going to use this? And also, another, another aspect of this argument, are we going to tell anybody? 
Hmm. Just what I was thinking. <laughs> Are we going to tell him? Because this could have been flagged whenever it got patched a while ago. Could have been picked, as soon as someone found it, it could have been straight away. But now, no. it hasn't been. There, there is intent. The problem is there is intent to yeah, gain a competitive. That's the intent. Yeah. There is intent to gain a competitive advantage, because it's in the game. I think that's what the grey area is. You have gone out of your way to uh, not, especially if you've gone out of your way and you've not told anybody, right? You've gone right. We'll keep this for us. This might help us win a hard point or a dom, right? Mm. This might help us, you know, because we'll find somebody who's got through, or we can find out how they're stacking. And that, you know, is is different. It's different to to going, oh, I accidentally, you know, saw through the map at you know this point because the the graphic textures blicked out or something, you know. Um, this is willfully going and saying, we know there is now something in the game that will give us an advantage, um, and we're not going to tell anybody. We're not going to tell the devs. We're not going to get hot fixed. We're keeping this locked in. That's the thing. I think that is the crux of it because. When you like, as I say, this season, some teams definitely knew about this longer than we found out about it. Like, I don't play the game that much. I didn't know about this until it dropped. But I made the video, and people were saying, "Yo, you didn't know about this." So I'm like, "Okay, well, some pro teams definitely knew about this." And we're talking about how earlier in the season we had um, someone like Atlanta Face, for example, and we had the slide cancel thing, and people yeah. were saying that they knew how to slide cancel. Uh, before other teams and how to use this movement and whatever and they kind of kept the movement mechanic a secret until other people figured it out so if that's the case then absolutely it could be the case that some of these teams have known about this glitch for a number of months and have been using it to their advantage and as you say it's intent to gain a competitive advantage yeah and um not revealing it is is definitely putting me on the other side of the fence um whereas before i was rather unsure <laughs> It's it's a difficult one. It's a because di- I don't want to. You don't want to go and make that sense. And go, yep, you're a cheater, because that has implications, right? No, That's not does, something yeah. like small to actually go out and call someone a cheater. It's not on the level of a strike pack, but it, you know, it's it's doing the same thing. Here's another one, because we're talking about the the slide cancelling thing. What do you think's worse? Because the slide cancelling is a mechanic in game and obviously you use it to cancel an animation and go through and and that's you know that is something that's actually happening in a lot of Xbox people cancel animations why whying is a cancel of a reload animation sure reload cancel all that sort of stuff happens very normally slide cancelling is now ubiquitous it's you know it's not as good as it was but everybody does it although you can't hit it every time without you know if you're not good at it which I'm not um so what do you think the difference is between the the you know we're talking about this thing which is uh using the game to find out enemy positions uh and the other one which is a mechanical use of in-game animations like it's they sound very similar but i feel like they're very very different yeah i agree because like an in-game animation it that could be intentional in a way like it might not necessarily be coded obviously it's coded like and you can do it but it's not necessarily coded as intentional like i'm thinking back to black ops 3 and i'm thinking all the movements you could do on that game like wall bouncing um you know ledge sliding all of this kind of stuff like do you know is that an intentional movement like someone must have discovered that you can like ledge cancel onto a wall and jump and then like wall bounce along the whole of like freight um fringe without um someone must have discovered that first is that an unintentional movement mechanic or what it is whereas whereas like and that's just something you do as a mechanic. Yeah. But 
this one where you have to go out of your way to gain a competitive advantage is um it, i think it is a different thing yeah no i i agree i had to ask the question though i had to i had to see what you thought about it because the, why they say are the same right because you're both using in-game things right like it's not something you're doing externally it's not like you're plugging in or you've hidden a webcam in another player's home or anything ridiculous <laughs> like that okay you're doing something in game that anybody can do to get a competitive advantage um it's not something you've added it's not something that you've put in so what is it people may people may ask idiots but people may ask what you know <laughs> what is the difference and obviously this one is is a difference between a movement mechanic and a literal eye in the sky can see them i mean it's basically like if you if you go well if i lean back in my chair i can see the other player's screen right if you think <laughs> of it like that like that clearly illegal right clearly yeah, disqualification yeah. should happen if you see a player doing that that's what they're doing it's just in game and when you think about it like that you start to realize how serious this is i guess like the point is um i mean i guess the conclusion is where do we go from here what is the solution if there's no hot fix then i think you can't disable kill cams that is the thing yeah got um, to got to which, I mean, surely they just have to, right? Like the, the amount of discussion this has had on Twitter over the last few days, and certainly for good reason, people are talking about it all over the place. Like when the competitive integrity of the league is at stake, they really have to consider this because um, I guarantee if this doesn't happen, we go to champs, very first series, clips are on Twitter about how, oh, how did he know he was in the back there? And um, it's just, again, another thing we've talked about today, which we just don't want to have to have this discussion. Um, so if they can't do a hotfix, I imagine you just have to disable kill cams in competitive in CDL rule sets. Because you can do it um, if you're not using CDL, but I imagine as soon as you like click CDL enable, then kill cams are allowed. Um, and well, that's not ideal, right? Because it reduces the skill gap in the sense that watching your kill cams is a skill gap in certain situations. Um, people who forget to do it spawn out. But um, I guess it's a necessary sacrifice. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think that's the that's the, the thing that has to happen. If there isn't a hot fix, because I can't figure out what's wrong with it. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, right? Hot fixes towards champs. I don't like the idea of anyway because oh, if it wouldn't be the first time that something's been fixed and something else is broken. Um, or just turning off the kill cams. I think just, I mean, that could just, just happen, right? Just turn off the kill cams. Just, just make sure it's good. Um, and hope, and hope. I've got best. like three weeks. I've got three weeks, yeah. pretty much. Let's call it two. Cause you don't want to do hot fixes right before yeah. the event. But, um, I mean, champs, would, though, wouldn't it be the weirdest thing that's happened before a champs. I'm not going to lie to you. Wouldn't be. Um, all right, let's get some uh, let's get some questions from the from the chat now on where to go because like I said we're, you know, we're trying to cover several months of it here and I know I'll come back now. I'm back now. Right, cool. I think I think I'm going to have to start a, a a Patreon just to get a new mic set up. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I don't even know what's wrong with it, but uh, I'm going to get some questions from the chats and the thoughts from people in there and you know kind of bring us some of the topics you think we should be covering. Um, I do want to talk though very quickly. Uh, hot topic: Toronto Ultras win. Which did mm -hmm. come out of left field. Um, full credit to them. You know, there was a big discussion. I know I had a big discussion. I think you were on that show, Rab, when I did it, about Toronto Ultra taking a very unique view on rosters for the year. They took sure. they took ten players. They've now settled into this roster. It's all fallen on Marky B. 
Um, and now they've got a win and a big win, right? Because because before, right? Enormous. Before, before that event, nobody would have picked them to get anywhere near winning champs. Nobody. But they took down some giant fishes, some big scalps to win that event. And now you're going, well, have they done it before? No reason they can't Not do it again. question, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a good topic as well, given that you were talking about European talent and the difficulty in getting to the States right now. Yeah. Um, and you've got the Kleenex pickup. I mean, it, it took them long enough to finally sell on a team, right? But, um, but it happened eventually. And, and then we had the whole classic thing. And like he was out because he decided to leave and go home to his family or whatever. And they, like, they wouldn't let him scrim from outside Toronto. All of this just like crap that they should never have had to deal with. And then bring him back one day before an event, they do bad. And then they sub him out or whatever. And then he subs back in. Like, what is life? But um, I mean, it's just fantastic to see that team doing well, to be honest. I mean, Cami has been unbelievable for them. Vance has been like not even typically some sometimes kind of inconsistent but he's been like phenomenal for them when they've needed him cami with the sniper like cami's honestly been there like star player as of late and classic's been serviceable much improved year for him like i've been really impressed by him to be honest this entire year especially after a difficult um lg season in the black ops four days of course another infinity ward game so it's classics playground i guess and then this kleenex change right and kleenex it's not like he's been putting up crazy numbers but that um you know that aggressive SMG that he brings to the table is just um it's just been really really good for them and they they've looked so much better for a few events like their last I think they actually have the second best record since Kleenex joined the team if you look at all the teams in the league and like tally up their records yeah um Toronto has the second best record since Kleenex joined like so markedly better and they certainly deserve to be top eight in the CDL and the fact that they were like they, they had to make the final and have OGLA make the semis to make that happen. And they just won it anyway. Um, and of course, people are going to talk about, well, the cheating thing, yes, against Chicago, the Christini lagout situation. Um, but the wins against, um, you know, FaZe and Empire were nothing to scoff at at all. That's some, so, bit, that's some massive names to take down. I was, I was so surprised. Yeah. Like, holy shit, Toronto. Um, and, you know, I said before, you know, full credit to the market. I can't imagine if Marky B's life has been easy. You know, towards the bottom oh of the goodness. league, you've got 10 players. You've, made you've got the two teams, like Toronto you know, Black, whatever. Yeah. Like, you've got all those players on that team probably wanting to go in the starting lineup. Like, you got a lot of flack for the classic thing. One. Like, a lot of flack for the classic thing. Um, you know, he was probably... It, I, I wouldn't even surprise it if at some point he was a little bit worried about what would happen to him next year. Because I don't know the internals of, of Toronto Ultra at all. Sure. But any coach in this league who are in that bottom half, or even if you're not, maybe some of the coaches, if you're outside the top four at the moment and you have a bad chance, you're probably sitting there going, holy shit, I could be in trouble here for next year because mm. there are a lot of people lining up to take your spot from retired players to people who have coaching experience in some regard, right? Because you don't need to be an expert if you can manage personnel and get an expert. And you can. There are a lot of people who know that. And you get a new game. So everybody who knew how to play the old COD yeah. is going to learn again anyway. So it's not an easy life for coaches at the moment. Um, but I thought Toronto Ultra winning was, was, was fantastic. And uh, to pick up on a point you said about Bans, cast your mind back to the start of the year and how low his stock had fallen. Yeah. We didn't really even know, great to see. We didn't know. even know if he would get into Super a happy squad. Yeah. That's crazy how things change, right? Like, you look, you look from the... I mean, it just takes me back, to be honest, to 
Vegas last year or the, um, you know, what, whatever it was with Lightning Panthers team and they, they came top six or whatever. And like, what, how much difference that could have made, right? The Black Ops 4 season if they'd have qualified for the Pro League. Yeah. And then things went tits up with the PLQ. Um, but, you know, that things could have been so different. And seeing from where Bantz was after the, I was just thinking about that in relation to the Infinite Warfare Stage 1 playoffs win. And then looking back to how his career has developed and like being screwed over so many times on Red Reserve and Denial, then onto units or whatever. And then the stock falls through the, through the floor. Um, and then coming back to the point where it's kind of back and forth, like he, he gets in the starting roster ahead of the London event. And, um, and then they keep him on from there and he's just continued to improve as a player and be an absolute catalyst for them. Um, so that's really great to see. I'm really happy for that because London obviously have been a bit up and down there clutch factor as a team has been non-existent at times <laughs> toronto won before um, london did yeah crazy right nobody and would have predicted that especially given this is what i find increasingly crazy is that toronto's round 11 record the entire year has been like awful they're like one in five one in six something like that and they lose another round 11 in the game two to chicago and then from that well after the game two for the rest of the tournament they were the clutchest team like of all time 252-44 in half points, 252-47, 65 S and Ds, game five, round eleven, methods one B2 clutch, like the clutchest team of all time, right? And like fact of the matter is London aren't doing that, right? Like when it comes down to a game five round eleven, I'm picking against London. It's just something about the nature of that team. They just haven't got it figured out. Um so it was great to see some European guys yeah. get a dub, even if it was on um you know online, right? Yeah, now you mention it. London. I can't believe London haven't won. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not like they deserve a win, because I mean they they've, got, they've got a final, but so a few other two, like but I mean Par- imagine if Paris won. Close. Imagine if Paris won when they were, they got to the final, and like yeah, and then you'd be like, absolutely. oh, Toronto and Paris have won this year, but London didn't. Yeah. Um, because London, London, have mixed, they they mix it up with good teams. Like they, you put there, you really put London do. against like Atlanta, Dallas, the Huntsman, uh, you know, Munich, anybody, right? And you'd be like, they could beat them here. They could beat them here, right? No bones about it. There is a very good chance London could take any one of those teams. But they just haven't done it consistently. I like mean, they, the, the and, they, and then like, they lose randomly. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it, a lot of the, like their, their respawn is pretty solid. And their search and destroy has been, I, I don't know when the last time they lost an Arkloff Peak is. I think they actually did maybe to lose it to Paris or something. But mm-hmm. they were just like, Waskin is just, the fact that you can have a guy that just consistently drops like 10 kills with a sniper on that map and just opens up round after round after round is crazy. Um, and the fact that they haven't, I guess, capitalized on the talent they have as a squad and won an event is is unfortunate. The problem is really is that they're they're so good at winning one of the respawns and winning the first search. But when it comes down to a game five, it's just they've just had trouble closing things out against the against the best teams. They have also had tough runs, like a couple of tourneys they've played Chicago, Atlanta, and then like you know that they it's um the way the format worked for the entire season, the fact that the decisions on how the um, on how the basically the entire season was going to be defined in terms of group play has been defined at the beginning of the season. So, you know, some teams get unlucky and London's certainly one of those in the group draw. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've had the chance where they got to the grand finals when they first made the zero change. Um, Chicago got the better of them then with the Pristini move. And, um, you know, since then, they've showed a lot of promise, but just haven't got over the line. Maybe Champs is the one. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is, you know, all year, all the way up to Champs, which they could win. They could 100%. I'm, I'm still picking Seattle Surge. They play Paris round one. <laughs> yeah, I'm still picking Seattle Surge because it'd be great. It's um, a baller pick. Imagine Octane just rocks up and wins Champs. That'd be fantastic. I love that. Love, love oh. to see it. Um, 
Okay, let's. The, speaking of champs, questions from the chat, right? This is a great one. Um, do you think? Do you guys think postponing champs was an option? I th I think. I know Slasher talked about this, or at least it was a conversation when Slasher talked about champs being online. Yeah. And the problem with that is that, okay, so you're postponing champs with the intention of having it on LAN, right? But yes. the problem is that we have no way of knowing at all when that would ever be the case. I'm sure it was something that was considered, but the problem is when do we postpone to, right? Let's say the next COD is perfectly on track and it's going to come at start of November. That gives us probably until, you know, in September. Like, let's say, in theory, we think, okay, can we realistically do it on land by end of September? And nope. if we can't, which we can't because we just don't know, we might not be able to do it on land by next February or, you know, who knows, right? Um, and given that's the case, we then land at the point of, well, what's the point of postponing it if we're going to have to do it online? So I'm sure it was a discussion. I believe, actually, the, the team owners did... Um, discuss this they had conversations and like they yeah. voted on it and stuff um and i think maybe there was two that voted for it being postponed to being on land or something i forget exactly what the rumor is or what the story was but um it was a conversation certainly a conversation worth having but not something that was ever going to be like feasible no, I, I, I saw that argument and i just laughed now i'm not going to get political with this right I, because i don't i don't know what Americans know about the way that coronavirus has been seen across the world. Because obviously, in England, we see different to American. You know, it's a little bit more broad now because of the internet and, you know, Twitter and all sorts of stuff. But that I, t I tweeted about it, right? I said, this is why we can't have chaps on the uh, land. <laughs> and just put the graph of everybody else going, oh, I was going, boom, America's just gone berserk. And it's not going to be fixed next month. It's This is going to keep coming till maybe the end of the year, at the very least, and possibly with a vaccine. It's not feasible. Now, here's something that people haven't 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 told you, and this isn't like confidential information. This is just kind of how I was told it works from an unofficial channel. I should point out so no one gets in trouble. The reason champs got moved to August, obviously, because it's uh, you know because it used to have it in the middle of the year, and that was really stupid, like towards the start, right? But the reason it's now and not just before the other COG comes out, because people have asked that before, right? People have asked why it doesn't happen like just two weeks, three weeks, a month before the other COG comes out. Why have we got such a big break? That happens because apparently that is a peak time of engagement for it, right? The marketing and whatever statistics they use and the analytics, that's roughly when it peaks in interest. That's when their numbers are the best. That's when they'll get the best viewership and best eyeballs on the product. So that's roughly when it should happen. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is this whole thing is set up way in advance, and you can change it, but it's set up to be this big crescendo. They're big, you know, 4.5 million. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the world championship. Let's get it done, right? You know, and, and to spill it over several smaller events takes away from that. It takes away from no marketing person would ever really go for it because it doesn't make sense for them to, to put out. It's just It becomes nothing then, right? We haven't spoken about prize pools for any of the events so far, and we don't really speak about prize pools anymore, apart from chance because the number is so egregious. Um, you know, So you've got to remember that that is a headline in itself. Another aspect, right, is that everybody internally has been working to a schedule. It's not a small thing to run a world championship, and it probably, even though they've now cancelled the venue and stuff, there's still a lot of people who will be working on it from social, from marketing, from internal, from the devs, from you know the servers. All these people are working to a schedule of, of this. 
and the next game is coming. You don't want to be talking about the last game when you're trying to hype up the new game. It's, it's just marketing 101. You don't split your focus. You build the hype, you build the momentum, and you get the marketing out there, and you punch it down people's throats because you want to sell 1.2 billion worth of games come October or November or whenever it's coming out, right? And this, and esports, is, as we well know, while we love it, and I, I can't get enough of Call of Duty esports, I genuinely can't, it pales in comparison to when you, you, you put your fucking billions on the table. Nobody is going to look at the esports side when there are billions and that's what you're working for. That's what people are doing their jobs for. Development, studios, stockholders, the board members, directors, everybody is looking at the launch of the new game. I mean, I'm sorry, but they couldn't give a shit if you want to move champs a little bit so it's better for you. Fuck you. Get that over with. <laughs> get that money on the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, like, um, it's, it's cutting their losses time for this season. And it's like, yeah. okay, how the hell do we possibly rebound from this and balance the bottom line with the most possible sales of this new card that we could ever possibly imagine um and if the way to do that is to keep champs where it is and keep the activision marketing engine churning over then um that's exactly how we're going to do it right and, and if there is some sort of announcement come champs that would be great that would be perfect timing um maybe i mean there was talks from morks a while ago he said on reddit somewhere that um, they've already had a discussion with Treyarch about, I forget exactly the phrasing he used, but basically competitive, um, like, uh, I, for I forget exactly what term, but the notion of competitive and like the, the direction they want to take with that and actually talking about competitive with the developers, which is, um, which is a rare sight nowadays. Yeah. So definitely some promising stuff potentially. And, um, but I agree, yeah, never realistically going to be postponed. No, it really wasn't. Okay, I think we're coming towards the end now. Uh, now. Anyway, so um, wow. there we Quicker. go. Yeah, there we go. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm sure somebody yeah, yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 it pulls out, right? It, it, it destroys every single one of my audios. And I don't know why. Oh, I see. I disappear as well. Okay, yeah, everybody disappears. I can still, so, so here's the thing. I can still hear you, but it doesn't go out to the desktop. So I don't know okay. why. I don't know what it does. Um, and I'm sure I'll have to get that fixed. Like I said, this one was going to be loose and fast, and I'll figure that out for next time. Sure. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about? Because I know there's been a lot going on. Um, and I thought, is there any topic at the top of your mind you're like, I would love to, to, to quickly discuss this in more context? I'm just looking through the videos, man, just to see what craziness has, um, has happened over the last however long. Yeah, I can say to anybody watching, if you aren't subscribed to Tactical Rab, you're an idiot. Um, you're so, doing it wrong. Yeah, you've been smashing it this year. Absolutely <laughs> killing it. Much better at thumbnails than me, by the way. Jesus. Um, I mean, it, it's got better. It's quite fun. I do enjoy making them. People used to like say, oh, the thumbnails are crap and everything. And they are kind of crap. Like, I literally make them on Microsoft Word. <laughs> and then I screenshot them using, like, ShareX. That's brilliant. And, and, like, but I don't know. I find that the best way to do it. And, like, Word has some nice tools that you can put glows on the outside. And I don't know. I, they've definitely got better in... It, it's just one of those things, right? Like, for any creative endeavor... You're, the first time you do it is not going to be good, but you have to start at one to get to 500. And we're now at 600 and I don't know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting time and I don't know really what the future holds. And I guess one of the things I always think about and people talk about a lot is like, what, is, what does COD look like, at least the Call of Duty League in X amount of years? Because right now the Overwatch League is in a bit of a tough spot. Um, you've got the CDL, of course, everything's going online. Is the investment still going to be there? And then you've got the other side of it that says, well, 
like how long is competitive going to be legit is there going to be a uh, like a competitive focused game in the future is cod going to be around in 20 years because that's the that's the discussion right when i talk when i listen to like gary v and um, joanna fairies and that when they talk about yeah. the cdl they talk about how if you're a kid coming out of school in 20 years they want you to be you, they want you to see nfl nba cdl as like an option as like a career path yeah which is i love the vision right but um it's a bit ambitious whether that's feasible is another question yeah i think <laughs> that's a really interesting question about the future because i think it, uh, so some people think it's not going to be around and some people think it'll be around for a long time there are two main schools of thoughts one is that esports is a very fluid place and anything can happen right and games don't typically have the longest shelf life. CSGO has been around for a while, Dota, League, these sort of things. COD's never been at those tier one levels. But we also have a very unique point where the game does sell over a billion in revenue every year. And as yeah, long as that keeps true. coming, as long as we still get those, we don't have to convert that many people if that's the numbers that are going out. Like they're, they're not, many people don't have to care about competitive because the, the, the wider casual market is so big when it's the tiniest sliver and we still kind of rock in an esports term. And I think that will continue for a while unless something really messes it up. Um, so for at least five years. I wouldn't worry about it for five years. Maybe there's some rejigging. Maybe they fix some of the mistakes they've made, make it a more sustainable way to go forward. Maybe we get like... We only need like one year of a berserkly good game everybody piling on the mechanics are great everybody wants to play it they love playing comp we get all the support we need and all of a sudden we're rocketing we're going this is great everybody wants to play comp you know we've got 400,000 watching the stream and it, and and I do think that could happen i think if we get the right groove we get it into it i know this because i love playing competitive call of duty i love watching competitive call of duty there is an intensity to this twitch shooter that cannot be matched it is speed it is tactics it is minute decision making and it is unique in the fact that we change it every single year yeah i i love yeah. it man and um obviously we're probably kind of biased but I, i'm i'm optimistic in that sense and the, one of the reasons i'm optimistic is that some i don't want to call them like haters but a lot of people will be on the reddit talking about how cod's dying that there's no new fans coming in I'm pretty sure the growth on the competitive COD subreddit has been bigger this year than it has ever been in any year before. Yeah. The growth of my channel, obviously, just as an example, the growth in Call of Duty content being watched on a competitive side, the amount of people that comment on the videos or DM me and stuff saying that they've just discovered the channel. Like I even had a mate that I <clears throat> knew from my swimming club that like I never even, I, I imagine like I knew that he played COD or something, but he stumbled across my videos and was kind of getting into competitive. So many people, like the majority of people that I hear talking about it are like, yeah, I'm just getting into COD. Like what what is like, what does P1, P2, what do those rotations mean? And um, maybe we don't see it and maybe we don't talk about it as much, but there's definitely a hell of a lot of people that are getting into comp every single day um that um that flies under the radar and that's something that if we have a great game and a great title it will be even better so yeah yeah i i always have an optimistic outlook on stuff like this so, so there's something called tribalism right um or at least the way it was explained to me when i first started at my job as a as a 16 year old apprentice way back in the day um about after you've been in a situation long enough you start seeing it from the perspective of being in that situation 
and it was to do with like the management were telling us about the workers and stuff. And as soon as I was a worker, I was like, yeah, the management are morons. Um, <laughs> but I think people forget that it's very easy to moan about uh, Call of Duty. It's very easy to say X, Y, and Z. Oh, this is bad, and this is bad, and because you can tell, we could like I can tell if something is off because I've been watching it for years and I play it and I enjoy it. But we see it at a higher level than casuals do. Right, we understand the game at a different, completely different level. So we know what's good, and we ignore that for what's bad. Right, but the the truth of the matter is, it's still fucking good. <laughs> right, it is still it's good. it's still good. <laughs> we still like playing it. We still enjoy it. It's going to be one of the ones where like we still get a thrill from competing and trying our best and getting into it. And if pros are honest, yeah, it's frustrating and yeah, it's stressful. But you still get to do this, yeah. <laughs> you still get to do it, right? You still, yeah. you still kind of like it. You do kind of like it. You're not sitting there going like, "Oh, this is shit. I hate it constantly. I don't know why I'm doing this with my life." You know, you're not. I don't think many pros are in it just for the money. They're in it for the thrill of competition. Um, Absolutely. And some of them could probably go try and compete in other esports. You know, some of them are just natural born multi gamers. Yeah. Um, so I like the I like that positive side. I like to remind myself occasionally that yes, this is still great, and I still enjoy the storylines and the players and the aspects of it, and watching a, a, a close game and watching Toronto Ultra come and smash their own home series. You know, that's fantastic. Um, and I think I think that's where I kind of like want to end this podcast on a positive note to say that yeah, I've come back to have a, have a bit of a moan, and Rab's come and joined me. Thank thank you so much, Rab. But <laughs> All good. It is it is something that's. And I know this because I've still been ranting in Discord calls about card and enjoying the discourse and enjoying the conversation. Um, so yeah, I, I, anything else you want to say, Rab? I don't, I don't want to, you know, you've come on graciously. So anything else you want to say? I don't think so. I think that was a great summary. Um, it's it's nice to have that optimistic and, in, in a sense, grateful note, which I think we especially will when we are finally back on land and we finally get events and we're finally back in the copper box or whatever, um, it's going to be, it's going to be great to see how like everything's been online and it's been all of a challenge, but at the end of the day, we should still be grateful for the fact that we do have high level competitive play. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of entertainment to be watched. And when we finally do have the opportunity to be back, it's going to be even better. Um, so it's nice sometimes not to always have to take things for granted. Yeah. All so, right. That's how I'd leave it. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Rabbi. I genuinely. And you've gone again. Perfect timing, actually. I will... Okay. We should be back. As an ending, yep, and ignoring the microphone, what I'm going to say is this. First of all, thank you so much for coming on, Rab. Uh, I know I called you last minute, but I appreciate you coming on and, and adding another aspect to my, my ranty bullshit that I like <laughs> to do. Um, I do appreciate it. Um, and make sure if you are this, go follow him on Twitter. Go follow him on his YouTube. Uh, it's it's great content and you're going to enjoy it, right? You do very frequent videos, um, which I think is fantastic. You know, putting that content constantly out there about the Call of Duty scene. Um, so from me, I know this has been a bit of a rough episode, but I wanted to get back into it. And my graphics were a little bit late. There are graphics. <laughs> I know that this what you're seeing right now is a bit rough, um, but it will get better. I will endeavor to make this a regular thing um it will go on the youtube to begin with because you have to have five episodes before you can publish on spotify and then it will go on to all the usual channels um thank you for everybody who has subbed here uh i've seen a few people i think gare is sub thank you so much jenna 
unbelievable. Thanks so much for the 50 drop subs, 50 by the way. Donos, yeah. Holy yeah. sh... Um, I'll always address these at the end. Thank you so, so much for it. Um, I'm going to continue. I'm going to try and make this better. I'm going to try and make it consistent. I, I love Call of Duty and I won't give up on talking about it from a rational point of view. Um, it's just it's just, it's just, just not something I can do. Um, as much as it may be painful sometimes, I love this too much. Um, so thank you so much. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow the channel. This has been Bryce. It's been the Bryce cast. See you next time.